0: the guys Bruce show yeah, yeah, yeah. what is up brother cause thank you by the way for the energy you provided me this morning i feel like i've got a great energetic intro and it's all your fault
1: that's what i'm here for that is what i'm in here for when the when i'm not responsible for getting the kids up i i, I keep all that energy to myself and when i keep it to myself i'm able to pass it along to my mainest man bersky
0: Well, thank you, sir. And uh, I've been, you know, we had the four hour show yesterday, which if you haven't checked it out, just go to hoop-ball.com or our Twitter feeds. Probably the easiest way go to hoopball tweets and you can see um, one of the links to yesterday's show. We had over 10,000 people on the platform yesterday, which was a lot. And uh, I was just praying that the servers and the hamsters that power them and everything was just going to hold up, and it held up great. So thank you to the tech team for that. But my God, oh, man, yesterday was just a lot. It was a uh, trade deadline Thursday, which is always fun. I think this year was a blast. Um, yes. You know, I, uh, I we got a ton, ton to go through here. I mean, just like so much stuff. In the league, um, the league got more competitive at the top. Um, big trades for Toronto with Marc Gasol we'll touch on. Uh, Anthony Davis, I don't even want to say his name because I think Kaz might jump through the microphone and, and start <laughs> ripping things off the wall. Um, that was obviously huge. You've got some smart, subtle deals, You know, like the smart, subtle taste of Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, which is also <laughs> powering me through this morning. And I know it's powering you, Cos
1: certainly is. That's
0: Village. We we had their logo, you know, up on our our fancy pants, you know, graphic driven show interface the other day and it it just felt good. It was yes. awesome and and we needed it because all of us went through the, you know, the night getting ready for the morning and we're probably, I think I know I've got like 3 hours sleep under my belt for the last 2 days. Uh so I'm a little loony, but whatever. We'll we'll work with it. Uh Philly made a huge deal and uh there it was it was a fun deadline and you know
1: it was a fun deadline, i'm not gonna lie i was i was uh i was at the computer i was I had all sorts of stuff to do and i just couldn't kind of take my eyes off it it was a, a good uh because it started when I, I i had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and i looked down on my phone and it was like two in the morning and i see you know tobias harris deal went through so that like kind of juiced me up you know you're like you
0: can't the- sleep that night and, yeah, and your wife's like, like right. why are you still in the bathroom cause it's been four hours <laughs>
1: <laughs> the trade deadline trade deadline woman it's not that other thing <laughs> <laughs> so uh
0: I mean you have these so first what I liked about this deadline it was it started with you know the Christoph's Porzingis stuff earlier last week so it really just juiced everything for an entire week when 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 you had the Anthony Davis stuff also acting as a backdrop. You had this great momentum heading into the deadline and then, you know, just like subtle deals like faults to Orlando, you know, the Kings doing stuff out there, the way that the playoff chases have sort of, you know, um gotten a little bit more in focus and and the I mean even like Chicago and Washington, you know, two woe-be-gone franchises just dealing parts in the night
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) with a violin playing overall though i mean at least with the playoff teams um you know i felt that that when we're gonna get into it i I felt that all the 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 big players that were playoff teams you know made deals that were either smart or you know kind of trying to Swing for the fences in a good way, or or just subtle but really going to improve their team. Which a lot of times you see just teams just trying to be relevant, making a trade just for the sake of making a trade, or uh, just doing something just asinine, or a, a team that needs to do something is desperate to do something and there's a trade out there and they just don't do it because they're scared. But this trade deadline was none of that. It was like really like smart GMs making smart moves, and I was pretty happy about that.
0: It, it wasn't smart, but we didn't see like the the annual Jeff Green for a first-rounder. Um, that move never got made, though Washington should have made some move to get rid of Jeff Green or Trevor Ariza as they retool, retank, or whatever you want to call it. They uh, said that those two were part of their core, part of their future. Um, I wasn't
1: talking about those. I'm talking about the playoffs. You're,
0: you're, you're talking about like, the to- playoff the top team rung, does rung. something incredibly the- dumb. Option-
1: Washington did exactly what I. they did exactly. that. <laughs> they just, Oh, we, we don't need this guy. And they don't, we don't need this new guy. Let's, 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 let's make it happen. So he can be talked about.
0: Uh, they're interesting. They're off in the corner doing their own thing. And and if you hadn't heard, I mean, it's been a week and um, some folks might not have heard by now, but John wall slips and falls and um, tears his Achilles. So he is out for a long time. And, uh, there are stories coming out of Washington like, you know, this changed their trajectory of their franchise. I don't know how that could even be like the case. Be, he was already a upside-down asset with major issues, and, you know, the timeline of that franchise was completely out of whack. Um, you know, this maybe put the nail in the coffin for it. Um, but that that th- they ultimately were able to get rid of Otto Porter. We'll talk about that do when we talk think, about that deal do later.
1: Think, do you think, just a real quickie on Washington – do you think that this is a situation where in order for them to get right as soon as possible, are we looking at a, a team possibly buying out a guy a max guy with like two years left on his contract? Like, do, do you see that in the future? Because I do, because I just don't, I don't know how they can ever move this thing. You're talking about a guy with all sorts of questionable behavior you know, off the court, you're talking about weight, you're talking about right now an Achilles injury, and you're talking about leadership issues. <laughs> and he's got, you know, the last three years of this contract is 41 44 and $47 million.
0: Yeah, is, and is that <laughs> I mean, that's is, three additional is, years, or is that this year and the next two years? I always lose track so of this.
1: This year, I believe, is he's got 19. he got 38 coming next year. 41, 44 and 47. So hell, that might be another year after that that he's got. This is just where the screen is run off. <laughs> cuz it must be a 5 year deal, right? So so who so who who knows what godforsaken thing he's got coming in that fifth year.
0: <laughs> yeah, my my favorite go-to site doesn't have the new contract cuz it kicks in like this new extension kicks in after this year. And right. uh so Somebody will tell us the answer. Stat Boy might return. You know, We had the great Vince Miracle on the, um, on the show the other night. Maybe he can weigh in at some point in time and let us know what we're talking about. All right, let's move on. Right. Um, speaking of uh, knowing what we're talking about, which is a totally terrible segue, uh, Toronto gets Mark Gasol. Uh, they get rid of Jonas Valanciunas. They get rid of Dellen Wright. They get rid of CJ Miles and a second rounder in 2024. So this is pretty um, this is a pretty low weight deal for Toronto. I mean, Jonas Valanciunas and Marc Gasol are very similar players. Um, you know, Gasol is much better, obviously, on offense has many more tools than than Jonas Valanciunas. But size profile, um, you know, defensive profiles again, tilt more towards Gasol as as being the better player. But, you know, as far as that lineup and rotation goes, he'll slide into that spot that JV was playing in. JV was playing about 16, 17 minutes per game. And that was allowing them, the Raptors, to play Serge Ibaka more at center. They were having a great run with Pascal Siakam at power forward. Uh, The initial question marks about this deal are... What's it going to do to that rotation? You know, they they got a lot of good players and who's the odd man out. Does it affect chemistry? How is this all going to play with Kawhi Leonard? What's up with Kyle Lowry, who by the way, was in a lot of trade rumors for guys like Mike Conley. And it seemed to be the case that the split or potential split between him and Masai Ujiri got brought more to the forefront. in a lot of these reports, um, Lowry not exactly thrilled with the Demar Derozan deal, and it seems, if I had to guess, that these guys will all be pros about that. Um, Kyle Lowry and Masai Ujiri, that it's not fractured to the point where they can't play for each other. Um, what are your initial thoughts about this Marc Gasol deal? And and really, like, how does this change things in the East? Um, you know, we got that Philly deal that we also got a break down. The top of the the East got really, really really good here during this deadline. Um, what, what, what was the first thing or the first few things that you thought of after this deal?
1: Um, I love the deal. I do. I, I, I think that they have similar size and stuff, but I think that, um, you know, I, I think the intangibles and, and the, uh, the defense, not just not, I mean, he's not going to run up and block a bunch of shots or, but just the way he positions himself, I think he's just worlds ahead, even as an older player. I think he's just worlds ahead on defense um, than Jonas Um particularly when you're talking about uh, playoff series that are going to be tight, where people are, where you're going to want to really game plan for specific guys and specific teams. That's where I think that he's just really going to shine. I'm not worried about um, the minutes for um, Siakam and um, and Serge, just because I, I think that they're going to you know They're not not going to play Marc Gasol anymore, I don't think, right now anyway, than, um, than they're you know, playing him. You know, I think that they're going to ease him in. He'll get out of the same minutes as, uh, as Valanchunas or less, and this is about putting themselves, getting him healthy and ready to go for the playoffs. Then offensively, I mean, yeah, uh, Valanchunas has his moments down there on the block, but this is, a, this is when you're talking about Gasol, when you're going to go to your bench if you want to like take starters out you can really run the offense through him him and Kawhi together i think Kawhi is going to love he's never i mean i mean and Tim Duncan was a good passing big man but he's never played with a, a guy that can pass like Gasol i and, was
0: just envisioning the dribble handoff game with him and him and the, oh, the, the, Kawhi and Gasol like that's going to be deadly it's gonna
1: be ridiculous it's going to be ridiculous um, so i love the trade i think if they had a chance if there was a legitimate way for them to um get rid of Lowry I think they should have just because more not only has he been a touch on the pouty side but um I think that he he, I just I don't trust his health and they need him they need him down the stretch to you know and they need him in the playoffs um to be to be healthy they they do um how crazy
0: would it have been if they were able to somehow swing both Gasol and Conley (laughs) Yes. <laughs> that, would have been that
1: would have been really
0: freaking cool.
1: <laughs> it would have been. It would have been. You had I, a I, bunch
0: I, of Memphis fans that would be Ro- Raptors fans all of a sudden. You know, seven,
1: yeah. just for totally. at least
0: a season. And I, <laughs> that now I'm just thinking about that. Why didn't that happen? Um, yes. So this, um, okay, let's let's leave it to the East. Um, you know, maybe let's like look at Boston for example. They didn't make any changes, and we got the Anthony Davis stuff. We got to talk about that. I um, didn't want to jump right into it because I wanted Cause to be okay for the rest of the show. <laughs> and, and me, too, because I think this Anthony Davis stuff is absolutely, absurdly ridiculous, and um, we'll get into that in a sec. But like Boston, obviously, on the other side of the Anthony Davis equation, didn't make any moves. There was nothing at all in the rumor mill about Kyrie Irving, despite the fact that a lot of people expect him and KD to pair up in New York that's still very much just, like, rumor mill stuff. There's nothing substantial there. Um, but they stay pat in Boston. And so how does this change your, um, you know, your perspective of what was previously assumed to be the top two teams in the East in the Eastern Conference Finals?
1: Uh, we'll see. I think Boston still is, you know, good. They're where they want to be. I, you know, I, I think that Danny Ainge, you know, is, you know, one of these, like, Super, super high-end uh, GM. So, I feel like there's st- if they if they make a run, right? Kyrie stays healthy for the rest of the year and through the playoffs, and they make a run, um, they're going to position themselves to be in the AD business. And it's just kind of hard to outbid, you know, Danny uh, Danny Ainge in those kind of situations. They've got you know some good picks. They've got some great talent. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. And so if they can make a run, and get and just get to the finals, position themselves that way. I think Kyrie is going to be more, you know, apt to to re-sign there because they have Bird rights and he's going to, you know, have a chance at you know the biggest contract. And and if and if things start to crack down the road, I mean, he's still going to be a young player with a five-year deal. You, if if they decide down the road that Kyrie's just too weird for them, and you know they made a out, they made a couple of NBA finals runs you know they get Anthony Davis they try to make a championship run if it doesn't work out and they could still move Kyrie Irving down the road it'd just be a lot harder but um I I think that they're they're fine staying pat I think they're trusting in their chemistry and the fact that they're going to be healthy to um to keep them up top there of the east so uh it's going to be interesting
0: well I mean I I kind of like Toronto going into the year um I've flip-flopped on it, just to be clear. I don't think I've had a strong position on who I liked um, between Toronto and Boston in a series. And I think with this addition, it makes it a lot easier for me to say Toronto. Um, they've got so much just stuff that they can do. They got switchability. They can go small. They can go big. They've got top-tier talent. They've got kind of everything. And then when I look at over at Boston, I do look at this and, and I'm going to go with you and say like Kyrie would be really given up a lot. I think to, to make a choice to go to New York, um, that's a crap franchise right there. Yeah. And it's not yeah. ever going to change. Like it, I mean, it might change if, if ownership sells and, you know, they clear the deck at pretty much every level. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I couldn't, in fact, to, just to wax on this a little bit, like what they did with NS cancer, um, you know and even especially in light of the Anthony Davis stuff that we'll talk about in a second like I, it just was low rent like you know like if you're going to have that position where you're not going to play a guy just go tell him like look you're not going to play and yeah. like just be professional about it don't send your assistant coach if you're David Fisdale, to go tell him the bad news you know yeah. like that yeah. that stuff's just not cool anyway boston good new york bad you know, I think everybody can agree on that. And <laughs> Kyrie Irving has a lot to pick from there. But, you know, they've had that sort of unsettled, like, you know, the young guys, and, and we've talked about it on the show with the leadership of Kyrie Irving, and something's not quite there yet. Um, mm-hmm. So, and and I thought I noticed something in last night's really exciting game between the Celtics and the Lakers. Yeah. Um, I, I saw, um, you know, Jason Tatum contest a three late in the game or contest a pass way up out, high up on the perimeter. And then he looked back and watched instead of sprinting back to get in the play. And I wondered, was that the stuff that Kyrie, even though he can't see his own defensive stuff, was that the stuff that Kyrie is getting really, really upset about with these young guys? And because he didn't get back and he couldn't contest the next shot. And it's just these young guys and Kyrie, are they able to topple a veteran Raptor squad? And I just don't think I can bet on that at this point in time.
1: Yeah, I don't, and it's um, partly because what we talked about, I think, last week or the week before is they, they're not, with, with Kyrie also, they're not able to maximize all the offense of everybody else. Like, I thought Jalen Brown played really, really well, you know, last night offensively. But then there was, again, just stretches where guys just don't touch the ball, you know. And then, and it, like, Tatum, I thought, took a lot of ill-advised shots in the second half just because, you know, he hadn't got the rock. You know, and I think that that more than anything is going to be the reason why Toronto is going to settle in and they're going to do what they do and they're always going to do that. Whereas Boston, you just don't know, you know, and guys don't know when they're going to touch the ball next. So I think that, I mean, I'm definitely, if you're, you know, putting, I'm putting my, my money on it, I'm definitely uh, taking in Toronto. Um, and then we'll, we'll I'm just, we're will we going to get in the Philly here, but we're going to see how they come together too because that they also might be able to – uh well, yeah, the,
0: the top of the East got really, really strong. And, um, you know, before we spin out of Toronto, because those guys does definitely deserve their time here today. Um, Toronto, if we're saying that they're going to beat Boston or that's who we'd pick, and, you know, we're going to set Philly aside for a second. We'll almost pretend like they didn't have a trade deadline. So if we're saying Toronto can advance, you know, now we got to look over in the West with the Warriors. Does this... Give them something that 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 they can now be competitive in a series against the Warriors.
1: Who Toronto? Mm-hmm. Well, I already thought they were. They see it's weird because they did lose a little length. I mean, they did lose. They did lose a couple of perimeter defenders in this deal. I think, um,
0: like Dell and Wright, for example, would have been a great yeah, fit in that series.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a tough one. I think they're saying we're gonna get through the East. We need someone to really occupy Boogie, you know, and, and now we're talking about, I mean, you still have, I mean, ugh, you like Danny Green, obviously, on the, from the defensive end. You have Powell. Um,
0: you got Klay. You, uh, you got Kawhi, obviously. You got Kawhi,
1: which is obviously. And Kyle
0: Lowry can hold his own.
1: He can hold his own. I mean, he did come into a league as a defensive guy, um, but I think that you're I think one of the things that I think is gonna be very disheartening for teams against the Warriors in this playoff run is gonna be playing excellent defense and then have Boogie matched up down <laughs> low against a subpar center.
0: <laughs> or he just shoots a three. I
1: mean Well, well I mean I, I we'll see. But I, I mean I think that the I think that it's I think that I think he's gonna be okay. I think that his ability to offensive rebound, if that's what he chooses to focus on will be disheartening for a lot of teams after they've played such a good defense. Now you have a guy in Gasol who he's not just going to be able to throw around and who's really going to occupy him on the offensive end, which is a big way that he gets distracted and disengaged is when he, when he has to play <laughs> constant defense for large minutes you know, at a time. So I still think they like their chances a lot going forward against ah. the.
0: I'll just say this, man. Like, we talked about it in, what, June? You know, like, the the idea that the Warriors could split at the seams because of the KD stuff. I mean, he goes into the presser after not talking to the press for eight days in, um, I think it was on Tuesday or whatever, no, Wednesday, and picks out a writer and, you know, starts talking trash to him and goes on this sort of salvo about how they're not covering him fairly and... That whole thing, just you know, it's sort of. I, I when I look at this, I think, yes, they're they're weak in this particular area. Could they de- could completely implode on the court? Well, we've seen it before with without, um, Kevin Durant around with Draymond Green, you know, uh, against the Cavs. Could this be, you know, the end of? Their current run, yes, this team is theoretically uncoverable, theoretically unbeatable. But I would love to be able to like just take future bets and bet against the spread, or or, pardon me, take the points with whatever team, probably Toronto against the Warriors, because it feels like if they do win it, they might eke their way through it.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it's gonna—they're gonna get tested. Um, we'll we'll get into you know the Lakers and whatnot a little bit later, and the Kings as well. I mean, they—they're not going to be excited about having the face even without the, making any, the the J, James trade. They're not going to be excited about seeing the Lakers in the first round or Sacramento for that matter. No, Sacramento's played
0: them tough this year.
1: Yeah, those are not going to be cakewalk first round. Uh, uh, and they, know, and they got
0: Harrison Barnes now, so watch yeah. out.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, but so there are you know there are chances of that. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I'm not too concerned about the the, so you're, um
0: you're still pretty much the, I'm, not the, about,
1: I'm not concerned about kevin Durant. he's just kind of weird and it's kind of funny like i agreed actually with a lot of what he was saying but i think it's always funny when these guys like go on these things and they don't see their role in it whatsoever you know like like lebron was like talking you know he went on his you know twitter post about uh you know guys getting about harrison barnes getting traded and oh you're gonna treat a guy like that and all this stuff it's like Dude, you're actively trying to trade your own teammates right now.
0: Did you see that picture of him where it was LeBron at the end of the bench, like four yeah. empty bench seats and then his team?
1: Like, you are you are talking about, you know... LeBron gets the co- biggest
0: pass for all that stuff, by the way.
1: Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? You are actively, as we speak, trying to trade your own teammates as a player. That's why this
0: deadline talk- was so great. The absurdity of some of this stuff was just so off the charts And yeah, so, but in, so like I was watching that, I think, no, not live. I was getting like the blow by blow from Twitter uh, of Kevin Durant going after this writer and going after the media in general. And I I was like a lot of people like you, I I was like nodding my head in agreement on certain aspects of it, but then thinking, look, man, you're, you know, you signed the deal you sign. That's basically short term, short term deal. And (laughs) you, this is the, the bed you made. This is the business you joined. Like, this is like come on now like don't be don't be obtuse about this but at the same time like the way that these guys get covered is definitely you know it's not it's not great you know I think that because the way this industry is set up you've got you know obviously clickbait that 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 everybody wants to run with there's aggregation which can distort messages there are um you know there's now one big company in the athletic that's trying to bring people underneath one tent and and trying to make a product that people will pay for so they have pressure on them you know to create a story and you know not to get into the inside baseball of all that but you know there are some things that probably would aggregate not just or um aggravate kevin durant as well as other players around the league so he had his little moment um but I, I again I, I think that you know whether it's he and Draymond or Draymond not quite being Draymond, looking at a contract you know upcoming, Clay Thompson's future, you got a lot of different pieces there that you know could spin out of control, and the fact that you can turn to a Marc Gasol, play big with the Warriors, um, which is nice. And then um, also have the, the horses to play small if you want to. I like the fact that, that that would be theoretically, in my mind, a competitive series. Now, let's shift over to Philly. Yep. So, let's stay in the East, and we'll try to figure out the East here real quick. Uh, Philly, now, they've been criticized because, as it turned out, like all these deals didn't require a first-rounder except for theirs. So And there's two of them involved. So, let's break this trade down real quick. We got Philly gets Tobias Harris, Bowman. Marianovich and Mike Scott. Let me
1: some even. Got to. It was.
0: It was just like you know. You got to pair of the two. They're but like best buddies from what yes, I hear. I, and
1: it's pretty funny. And I've seen some stuff online. They're it, Tobias, funny.
0: they're hilarious. And like i the one that really got me is like Tobias was filming Bobin dancing, and Bobin probably dances better than ninety nine percent of the people on this <laughs> earth. How does that happen?
1: Uh, he's a, he's a he's a special athlete. I, I like him. I I, I like Boven a lot as a player. <laughs> I,
0: I wish he could stay on the floor more. And you know we've all wanted that to happen for a while, and it just doesn't happen. Um, he, he can take over games. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun and to watch. <laughs> and, the, and speaking of like kind of where he's landed, I mean you just see him in these 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 photos. There was one with Andre Drummond, and then with like Joel Embiid. He makes Joel Embiid look like a small forward when they're on the block he, together.
1: Like a mountain, dude. He is so <laughs> big. He's like tall and thick and broad. Like he is a very I would like to see I would like to see like a thing of him and Shaq during his playing days, like maybe like his Laker years where he was really big and still really athletic. I'd like to see their size comparison. He's definitely broader. He's definitely a lot broader than Shaq. <laughs> but like, he's huge. Well, and, now, he is.
0: and now he's back up center for the Philadelphia 76ers. And um, Tobias Harris now becomes a member of their new Big Four. They uh, they also, as we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, got rid of Markel Fultz. Not that he was a part of their plans. Um, so you, you've got a Big Four now. Uh, Mike Scott comes across in the deal. And the uh, the Sixers also dealt away Mike Mascala, who now is a Laker um after being a clipper for 1 second and yes. um so you you've got Mike Scott who's going to play minutes in the um in the power forward role. You've got uh no more Wilson Chandler who also went across in in that deal to the Clippers. Um so they're thin now. They're definitely thin. Um they're they're probably what going to play Ben Simmons at power forward if I had to guess. point forward. Um or, or 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 I guess Tobias is the, the, the point forward or the power forward. Um either way.
1: Yeah, I think that they're I mean that's I think they're just gonna be doing a lot of switching <laughs> between those guys. I think uh yeah, I'm more interested in offensively what they're gonna do. Um how they come together on offense. Because I still think uh Jimmy Butler is uh, interesting. I don't know how much for a guy that talks about how competitive he is, and yeah, I don't know you, how you, much you call him BS.
0: You call him BS on Butler, aren't you?
1: Well, I just don't know that he he he's a guy that's willing to sacrifice everything for the for the benefit of the team. And when you're when you're adding new parts, you have to you're gonna have to make sacrifice. And he already didn't like his role, so I, I don't. I think that Philly was in a way hedging their bets. If he walks, I mean, I know Tobias Harris is a free agent, but you know, he he still will be able to be paid more by Philly. Well, they so just telegraph
0: that they're gonna pay him because if you gave up two yeah, first rounders, I mean, and I guess yeah, we could so, use that logic with Butler as well, but you know, things yeah, have changed but we, with Butler a little bit.
1: It's changed with Butler. So, I mean, how? I mean, would you you take a less talented player who you know isn't gonna give you any drama, who's gonna? improve himself every season and come back with the right attitude. You know, a lot of times you, you know, a lot of organizations, I think don't, don't have the courage to say that, to be like, you know, Hey, you know, you're great. We'd love to have you here, but we got a guy who's not quite as good as you, but we know we're never going to have a problem with him. He's going to be three years from now. He's going to be a much better player than he is right now. And he's going to do everything for, to, to make us, to make us win. So, uh, We'll see. We'll see well, what let, happens. Let, but let, I I'm concerned about Jimmy Butler
0: though. Let, let's go to the lineup. We got Simmons as we call him point guard, Reddick at shooting guard, then you go Butler, Tobias and Joel Embiid. They going to make this work offensively.
1: I I, I would if you had to have a gun in my head I'd say no. Hmm. Cuz I think um I just—it's just, just going to depend on their matchups. The, the, this their success is going to be wholly um, dependent on who they go up against. It really is, and I think that if they were just going to say right now, we're going to commit to Joel Embiid getting the ball, you know, twelve feet and in every possession, then I think it 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 work out a lot better. Never going to happen. <laughs> so uh, it's a
0: weird i mean it's a this mixture of players i almost think that they would have to like run and gun like at an extreme level to take the 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 stickiness out of the ball
1: and and that 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 minimizes
0: your best player in joel Embiid.
1: right and yeah he doesn't have the the health or really i think the desire to which i'm just don't know why um but he does, he's not a guy that's going to, like, push the opposing center enough, you know, up and down the court. There's also the problem with, you know, a lot of times their best ball movement, their best offense is a lot of times when T.J. McConnell is on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's just a complete – I mean, I, that's where, I, where Jimmy Butler, you know, he, if he has to be pulled out or, or even Ben Simmons for that matter. Has to be pulled out because Brett Brown realizes in this stretch of the game we need really good decisions made. How did that? How does that sit with those guys? So I just you know funny how (laughs) Ben
0: sits at the center of that. You know his one thing is supposed to be playmaking for others since he can't shoot, and we're going to question his decision making within this offense because it very much is a half court offense. You know these guys they they need to play in the half court because of Embiid. And they're going to have a lot of sets that start off with a very capable offensive player. And, um, you know, what is that? And what does that lead to the second pass, the third pass, the fourth pass, or is it just the first shot that the first shot available in, in a major take turns offense. And that's where people start getting frustrated because they're not feeling the ball and there's not a good rhythm and tempo. Um, so that said, now that we've sort of, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, I think we've pissed all over this cause. I was trying not to say that, but I think we, we, we just did. Um, do they have a chance now? I mean, this is a legitimately talented top five or, or, or starting lineup here. Yeah. Do, do, I mean, can they beat either Boston or, or Toronto?
1: I think they're more in line to beat Boston just because of their potential offensive <laughs> problems. I don't, I don't think they can. Um, but they are I – th- I don't think they, they can beat Toronto. I think they're, they're just too, you know, slow and steady wins the race. I just think that the, what Toronto has is, is been doing from week one of the season, Marcus all doesn't change any of that. And so I just don't see it. What about, just what
0: about it. the deal itself? I mean, this is where the criticism came in, and, and the, they went earlier than than the other teams, and they gave up this first rounder for um for let's see here it's a top 14 protected first round pick from philly goes to the clippers sorry my handwriting's terrible here yeah yeah so it's you know it's basically going to be a late you know probably top 20 say or say 20 to 30 pick for that yeah. one and then a 20 20 pick unprotected going over to the clippers which if they continue to be good you know that also feel figure to be so too late first rounders is is that too much to pay here
1: uh probably but then you we also have to recognize the other side i mean they've got the the dude over there you know I know i know Lawrence frank is the gm but i mean they got he's got jerry westwood You know, Jerry West has swindled, you know, (laughs) greater minds than Elton Brand before. So it's not, you know, like we do have to acknowledge that maybe they were, maybe they made this deal sound a lot better than it really was uh, for them. But I I think, uh, because they've set themselves up for their ultimate goal, which is to make the big run at, you know, Durant, Kawhi, Kalei, whoever they want. So um yeah, I think I think that maybe it was a touch too much to give up, but I think you also have yeah, a very rapid uh, um, fan base in Philly who sat through, um, you know that, that whole process thing, and maybe maybe they felt that they needed to to do something to, to I hope not, but but I, I think this is more about watching Jimmy Butler walk out the door and they needing needing another good player uh, to take his place. And yeah, so, it's, 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 all, so yeah. it's a little bit of the future for them as well.
0: It feels you know, like a worthy shot. Um, it does.
1: I, I think that, you know, Jimmy Butler, if he can pull together for 30 games mentally, they could do a lot of damage. Yeah, no
0: doubt I, about I, that. I kind of feel like, and we'll talk about the Bucks here in a second, um, I, I kind of feel like they like they put themselves into a position of having a puncher's chance where I would have never really given them that chance. Even with Jimmy Butler, you know, you, you looked at the Butler at the, the big three prior to the big four, and you thought – yeah, if these guys get hot, you know, this could be, you know, they could knock either of these teams off. But that's not the kind of thing you want to bet on, you know, no. and, and, and not even in the, like, actual betting sense where, you know, the odds would reflect that they're the underdog and all that good stuff. Like, you just wouldn't want to bet on that. Um, now, with Tobias, I don't know how the odds will adjust, but the uh, I, I do feel like that, you know, it's at least intriguing me a little bit. So uh, that's good for them. Let's quickly hit the Bucks with Miritich and we'll swing over to Anthony Davis here. Bucks add Miritich for four second rounders. And um, Miritich was, you know, great in the playoffs last year. He got banged up during those playoffs and he entered this season and he started getting banged up again. And um, it's been, it was a great start for him this year, um, but he's been off, off the court quite a bit. He'll hopefully, you know, for me, cause he's on my fantasy squads, get healthy um, and hopefully for the Bucks because this deal, I mean, four second rounders is nothing really at the end of the day. Um, yeah. Miritich is going to slot in and give them a lot of different looks. Um, now the Bucks also got rid of Thon Maker. So their only backup center at this point is Christian Wood, who's sneaky good, um, but he's not going to move the needle. And so you can run uh, Miritich next to Brook Lopez. You can put Giannis at center. Um, so a couple different looks that they can have there in Milwaukee but um does this and it's funny cuz Milwaukee I mean look at their their standings right now see if they're on top yeah they're still on top um so we're talking about the top seed in the east right now and we haven't really even mentioned them does this make them credible in series against the other top 3 teams
1: I think it does I think that you know when you the one of the issues with the Bucks is that you look at, like, I mean, Giannis in the playoff game against, you know, equal or better competition, Giannis has to go crazy for them to win a game, you know. Niritich is a playoff offensive guy. You know, he could shoot. He could, he could shoot lights out. He could get hot. He's got confidence. He could post up if you want to play – if you want to switch everything. He's, he's big. I mean, he's a big, thick guy that could post up with both – go over both shoulders – He's the kind of guy that you know when when in a playoff series when you're really uh, having strategy to defend guys. He's a kind of guy that you want because he can do everything. He gives them offensive diversity, and so now you plug a guy like him on one side, a guy like Eric Bledsoe, who I can't believe. I mean, like I can't believe I'm saying this has is playing just phenomenal mentally. Well, give give, right?
0: give Mike Budenholzer a little bit <laughs> of, you know, credit. Absolutely. This isn't just like us saying it. It's not it. Like, like, no, no,
1: no. It, everybody just, around
0: the league says it.
1: I mean, and this is like, I thought for uh, one of the thing I know I've said this during our show, that when you have to rely on Eric Bledsoe to make good decisions, you're probably not going to win. That's not the case anymore. So I I'm just, you know, I really, really like this. As far as playoff maneuvering and, and you know winning close games, I really really like this Miratage deal for them.
0: Well lo- I mean looking at their lineup, it really is compelling you 've got Bledsoe at the point, nominal point Ma- Malcolm Brogdon you know can float around play at least two positions there. Uh, we won't even look at George Hill. he probably gets bumped at some point from the rotation. Um, Dante DiVincenzo is actually an interesting player that hasn't been able to stay healthy, but um, we'll we'll kick him out. But Chris Middleton, Giannis, Nikola Mirotic, and Brooke Lopez. That is really, really interesting. With Lopez as well, especially with these teams in the East all sort of having bigger players, so he's not extremely out on an island against these big or probably smaller uh, three-point shooting teams. He gets out there, and his range is like 30 feet, you know? And and you can't block his shot, so... He really stretches the floor. And, and yes, that's that what uh, he's been doing this year. So for Giannis, who needs that extra spacing to be really good, there's a lot of good shooters now surrounding Giannis. And, and so I I'm, I'm really excited about the East because I think we're going to be in store for those four teams in the last four slots doing battle in some really closely matched and just intriguing series that we haven't seen a lot of with all the new faces and in those locations. It's real,
1: real quick, like, you mentioned uh, Budenholzer, and he's really got to get a, a good, strong look for Coach of the Year. Because not only – I mean, also with Bledsoe, he, I really like the way he deploys Snell when he does. And then – but but I don't know if you've noticed, but, he's, but DJ Wilson seems to have had a light turned on as well.
0: He's which is – all arms and legs, just, great athlete, and yeah. has been showing up on film. And
1: so, – it's it's I mean he's he what we're seeing and and you know once again he doesn't have one of these offenses where one where everyone's just standing around watching one guy he's these guys are they're only going to get better they're they're going to be a really tough out in the playoffs so
0: so that's the East now let's you know let's get ready because here's Anthony Davis on the topic sheet here um this was a Lakers got to get it done now situation but it it came with a lot of different intangibles where the, the the Pelicans are not thrilled with what the Lakers did. Um, you know, they've been at the, the tip of the spear of the tampering movement within the NBA talking about LeBron and oh, so hilarious last night during the all-star selections when uh, Giannis said that uh, LeBron was tampering by picking all of his uh, potential future free agent teammates. Uh, Giannis bless his soul. Ernie didn't want to go there. LeBron didn't want to go there. And Giannis is like, I'm going there. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I have an accent. I don't know what I'm talking about. He knew what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. And, and good, more power to him. You know, he's trying to build his team out in the East and, you know, you got LeBron trying to do that out West. That's, uh, that's really smart stuff there from Giannis. But like, so the, the Pelicans are pretty pissed and, Now you get Brian Windhorst on the jump saying that they basically dragged the Lakers into having their best offer be put out so it would piss off their entire team, and they had no intention of making the deal anyway. Um, And there's more to unpack there, because on the other side of the rainbow is the Boston deal. And I'm a little confused, because I know that Jason Tatum's a great player. And I look at Jalen Brown, and I think untapped upside and and their picks you know the picks that they can offer in boston are as follows uh they got the first round draft pick from the clippers however it's top 14 protected and throughout this and next year so they might not even get that this year because because the clippers have decided to not play for the playoffs uh right. they got the memphis first round pick which would be very nice. However, Memphis could easily fall into the top eight protection that this pick has, so that might not convey. Um, it's top six protected in 2020, and then it's unprotected in 2021. And and you look at Memphis, you go, this is a franchise that's pretty much down and out. You know, they're they got ownership issues, they're rebuilding, so that's a valuable pick there. Um, and then the 2019 first round pick from either Philly or Sacramento, the best of the two. Now, Sacramento might make the playoffs, and Philly's going to be at the top, so that's looking like it would be the Sacramento pick, which would be a mid-first rounder. Then you got a 2020 from Atlanta that's a second rounder, that's their future pick. So I'm I'm looking at this, and I'm going, how much better is Kuzma and Jalen Brown than, say, like... Or, pardon me, um, Tatum and Jalen Brown than, say, like, Kuzma, Ingram ball, whatever combo of players in the kitchen sink that, you know, you can offer if you're the Lakers. Like I, to me, I did not see the separation in the deal that a lot of other people saw. Am I missing something with that?
1: What do you mean the separation?
0: Like that, that Boston's deal was that much better to make, you know, new Orleans want to wait till the summer to make new Orleans. Cause right now and we'll talk about this in a,
1: uh, I think there's separate. I mean, I, I, I mean, if you line up all those players Forget about the picks for a second.
0: Uh, yeah, rank, how a, about this? Rank those players. That's interesting. Go Tatum, rank Tatum Brown, um Ingram, Kuzma, and Ball.
1: I'm, I'm, i think that it's it's Tatum and Brown, 1 and 2.
0: 1 and 2. So, and how close and th- is 3?
1: Uh 3. Who is 3?
0: That's that's oh,
1: three. I don't know, it depends. Like when you see a guy like like Kuzma who plays hard all the time and can score in different ways, but he still needs better players around him, And then you got a guy like Ingram who is, can get his own stuff, but what kind of a score is he going to be an impactful scorer on a team? I don't know. I, I I think that, so one of those guys, I think ball is a completely dependent on system and who's around him. Uh, You know, I I just, to me, it's, it sounds like
0: Ingram's got upside. Kuzma's a little bit of a lower ceiling,
1: lower ceiling, (laughs) but you know what you're going to get, you know, but But to me, like to me, it's I mean, to me, Brown and Tatum.
0: Well, you were itching too to talk about Anthony Davis. What I mean, you're a Laker fan. You probably wanted to get Anthony Davis. What do you think? Did didn't happen? Should have happened? What? Where are you with this Anthony Davis stuff? The
1: the whole. This is all. This whole thing with the Lakers. This is all about nepotism and incompetence. (laughs) Nepotism first (laughs) by Rich Paul and LeBron, try, thinking that they can go over and just punk the, the uh, Pelicans. They didn't need to do this like this, make it all public. First of all, they've already put out the stuff. They already cut Luke Walton's legs from under by saying they don't want him around. And Magic didn't help with that, who I'm going to get to as well. So the, so you got – and I'm all for Rich Paul getting a chance you know, to be an agent and stuff. But he tried to play a game of some super agent thing, and it backfired in a completely catastrophic way. So yeah, one guy that's above his head in Rich Paul. Real quick,
0: before to- you go to your next thing, a quick search of the Lakers. I wanted to get some Lakers assets on the internet um, from, from yesterday. Just, just for show planning purposes, every article says the Lakers blew it. It is, a, it is just a, a disaster zone out there for the Lakers yeah. in the press. Go on, sorry.
1: So now, so now let's get to the Lakers. Now you got, you got Magic Johnson and, and, uh, and uh, Palenka out there. Well, Palenka, well, well, Greg Meyer or Bob Myers is an agent and he's done a good job in Golden State. So we, we need to get ourselves a good looking agent, you know, and Magic Johnson, uh, he knows how to sell Starbucks and he's a great player. So he could run the franchise. Those guys got punked so hard. I mean, when you go, if you went to the lemonade stand and asked the kid how much for a cup of lemonade, and they said 50 cents. And you said, oh, 50 cents. And the kid just looked at you. You wouldn't offer him 15 bucks for a cup of lemonade. The Lakers make an offer. The Pelicans say no, so the Lakers throw everything in the kitchen sink at them. And then, when the when the Pelicans say, "Oh, we don't want that either," then the Lakers have to go. Then they go, "Oh, well, we're not gonna bid against ourselves." You already did bid against yourselves, you idiots! You already bid against yourself when you put out Ingram, Kuzma, Ball picks, and the Pelicans said no. You let it sit there. You don't. You don't just. You don't let the silence. Dictate what you're gonna do. Oh, oh, that doesn't work. Okay, how about how about three more picks? How about two more picks? How about Hart? How about Zubash? Like, what the hell is wrong with you? This is like negotiating 101. <laughs> they fail. Well, and the a- the picks like, that
0: they offered were not good picks, right? So, like, I mean, they, everybody talks about four first rounders, two second rounders. The, the picks weren't good. So, like, I get it that the picks weren't. You know, how how often does a 15 to 30 pick? pan out like that, that that doesn't happen very often you know
1: Especially so teams that aren't necessarily haven't necessarily won the draft battle
0: you know right absolutely <laughs> yeah so, and so and so like maybe I'll, I'll throw an idea out here and then you tell me how you think you, that they could have made this deal happen but i think they almost had to get another team involved yes. to get a first round yes. pick that had some teeth to it and, and start working it that way
1: because also you're, you're forgetting they already got Julius Randle out there, right? Even if they made this pick, where does that put the Pelicans? It puts them with the Lakers war two years ago. <laughs>
0: you know, <laughs> it was just I was thinking that the whole time. Like,
1: it's literally the same team, and yes, granted, they will all be better. But like, what does that really get you? You know, and I think Randall's playing some great basketball and all that. That's fine. But what does that really get you? There was there was really no. There was nothing that made the, in this deal that would, if I'm the Pelicans, it made me go, "Oh yeah, here we go, <laughs> let's, let's, well, let's
0: do." And, and the Pelicans, though they're not extru- they're not insulated from any chaos here, they're a football team running a basketball team. They've got sure. new owner Gail Benson, you know, basically deferring to Mickey Loomis, and Dell Demps is deferring to him, and they're, they're – I think that this deal got personal. And, you know, in football, oh, they basically say, hey, player, shut up. We're right. going to tell you how this goes and go away. You know, there's no, like, it's amicable. The football players,
1: it's the football players go away. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> and, and there's no amicable negotiation. So, like, they, they kind of, especially against, like you said, Rich Paul overplaying their hand and, and putting stuff out publicly. We'll get to this in a second. But the. um there was definitely an era of personal, like, screw you involved, which is what Brian Windhorst was reporting. And that stuff to me was phenomenal. I mean, the fact that the Clippers actually dragged the Lakers like that just to to piss their team off. If that if any hint of that is true, that's just amazing. Um, this league is fascinating all the time. Um, they're now, so they, they they punt on this offer and you've got the distraction in Anthony Davis sitting there and um we'll talk about that part in a second. Um you're you're now negotiating over the summer. They better hope that Danny Ainge doesn't have another trick up his sleeve, which is now you don't have other teams to negotiate. Like let's say New York doesn't hit the 1% chance or whatever it is to get the first pick in Zion Williamson. Like so New York might be like off the table. You know, they're they're not somebody that can negotiate. Who else can provide, you know, those level of assets to New Orleans? And then keeping in mind, you know, Jerry West actually is the guy that says he'd never trade a superstar. But when you look at what superstars have gone for in these situations, like when LeBron went to the Heat, you know, and, and granted, there's another year on Anthony Davis's deal. So there's, you know, this isn't the LeBron situation. But when you look at like... Superstar returns. Let's look at DeMarcus Cousins. You know, Buddy Heald has turned out great, but at the time, he was really struggling. Nobody had a lot of faith in him, and they didn't get much back in Sacramento for DeMarcus Cousins. So the, the, the what if Ainge has some tricks up uh, up his sleeve, and and they don't get a lot of return? Or what happens if now that they've agreed to play him, he gets hurt. And this is the most fascinating part of this to me. So Anthony Davis is hell bent on playing. For what reason, I don't know. All he can do is sort of ruin things for himself. Um but the 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 Pelicans have not been a good franchise through this at all, you know, dating back to however long you want to look back. They they now have put themselves in a position where They're going to play Anthony Davis because the league got in there and said, we don't want our star players sitting. And I find that to be just absurd. (laughs) What a mess. Like you, like what, I mean, what if he gets hurt? I'm just shocked at this. Like you can't make a trade demand as a player. And now you've effectively told this franchise, I'm worth nothing to you except in a trade. Now I want to go out there and put myself at risk as well. And the league is going to come in there and tell them that they got to do it? Like I'm,
1: I, I, don't know. I don't know how the league is planning on doing that. I mean, tell that to Popovich or Steve Kerr or anybody else who doesn't play guys. Whenever they damn well don't feel like it. I mean, they might have to, they might have to roll him out there for a couple of games here and well, there. I think but a
0: threat he, was made. I think a legal threat was made by Rich Paul uh, the re- to the league. Like, if you don't let my guy play, you know, we're going to file a grievance and we're going to really drag this out. Like
1: they can file, they can file whatever they want to. You know how long, you know the, the, how long the American court system? how slow that thing grinds. You know what I mean? Like well, if, if you're the Pelic, if you're the Pelicans, and Rich Paul is out there threatening you, what do you care? Go ahead and threaten. If they, if they get this thing, if they get this thing out that you file a grievance. They hammer it out. Now we got you know 15, 10, 15 games left, and they say, okay, you got to play them. Okay. There's
0: <laughs> one thing that might be happening here. They might have done this for optics, where the league said, Hey, we can't have you sitting him because we want sure. our star players playing. But if you kind of sit him sort of, you know, like play him every other game or whatever you plan on doing. And then all of a sudden at the end of the year, this, this situation just kind of disappears, you know, an injury pops up, but it's not a big one. You know, it's like an ankle injury or something. And you know, everybody agrees that he doesn't play anymore. Maybe that's the direction this goes. Cause there's only about a third of the season left and um, that'll fly by. Um, but still, like, the the Clippers, or probably the Pelicans, according to, um, I'm blanking, I think Scott Kushner uh, out of the New Orleans Advocate, he reported that the league definitely heavily influenced this decision to allow him to play. And it was used as a threat by the Paul camp against the Pelicans. I thought they were basically saying, look, we're going to make this as uncomfortable for you guys as possible by putting him on the court
1: look, look you, you you this is this is this is Rich Paul grasping at Straws trying not to look like a punk if, if this is all true, right? <laughs> That's all this is because you already got punked hard and you want to be super agents now you're like, oh well uh, I'll, I'll show them, I'll show them, I'll get the league involved in. Just stop, dude you're, you're playing you, you, you're not playing with the same big boy pants as everybody else right now. Just, Just stop.
0: So this just, this brings the the, the the Western Conference playoff chase into immediate focus. we got a few other deals to spin through here, and we, we know we're going to go a little long on this show, so uh, you know, just, st- strap yourself uh, in.
1: One One last thing though on this um, I wasn't done with the yeah, 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 get,
0: get everything last, out get off your chest cause.
1: Last but not least, Jeannie Bus and, and, and Jim Buss before too. They, but I'll, I'll focus on Jeannie since she's the one in charge right now. You had a chance to bring Jerry West back home to the Lakers when he was done in Golden State. And you wanted to make your own way. You wanted to show that we, we can do it too. We're, we're the kids and we can do it too. And you could have brought Jerry West, who you know would, would have loved to finish his career, right where, he, where it all started for him, and you chose not to, and this is what you get. This is what you get. <laughs> so this is, the whole organization from the top all the way down is just a complete fiasco. And it's uh, it's ridiculous.
0: Well, it's okay. So, and let's take it a few steps further because being a fiasco, and maybe LeBron sits within this fiasco and says, "This is my fiasco," and you know, I don't care about this chaos that's going on because he thinks he has a master plan. Um, You know, you you did see the picture of LeBron in four empty seats, and then the rest of the team, and now they're going into this. This playoff chase and, and the West got really interesting because it's basically a nine team race now with the Spurs being one of those teams and really being just completely once again playing over their head. 32 and 25. They just lost Derek White to plantar fasciitis. It doesn't sound like he's out really long, but, you know, he's got uh, a history of injuries. It's and, a tough
1: injury, too.
0: Yeah. And, and it's not and it's not a nothing burger. It's it's no. and they they're really not good with him off the floor. <laughs> and yeah. so like if there's a team that's gonna fall back, it could be them. Utah seems to have righted the ship. Houston's well on their way. And you're looking at the eight slot clippers right now, they just basically said we're out. So you've right. got the Kings and the Lakers and the Spurs battling for the last two spots in, in the West. The Kings geared up, they pick up Harrison Barnes, they pick up Alec Burks um some short term deals and unfortunately for kings fans it looks like they do want to try to sign Barnes long term which you know that's probably a story for another podcast but right now you know especially with Barnes i think Barnes can help cover lebron james a little bit um not that that matters i guess cuz they're not going to play head to head but the 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 idea that the kings could beat the lakers and get that last playoff spot um it's absolutely in play the Lakers now—they gotta hope San Antonio really falls back, and and that this chaos doesn't really eat them from within. Because they're that what that now they've got to, to pivot and look at what are their moves now that you know Anthony Davis is probably off the table for them unless they can somehow you know have a massive improvement in the situation and what they can offer. Um, I, I look at this team and I don't know that they can go on a big run. But what are your thoughts on their, their their spot in the playoff chase?
1: I think what everyone seemed to forget was when LeBron went down, they were the number four seed. <laughs> They're acting like they were like five games back of the eighth <laughs> going, going on this into this whole Anthony Davis thing. Uh, last night's win was huge, but we'll see if that can hold on. Because now what they've done, the one thing that they've done, they did a great job of – of isolating was they've kept LaVarball ball out of the mix. So now you get that jackass back in here because he doesn't care now. Whatever their agreement was to shut up. Well, I'm pretty care. sure
0: I saw him criticizing Luke Walton like yesterday. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> what's, it, what's it to him? They, he knows that they're not that – that Lonzo isn't part of their long-term plans now, so he doesn't care. You know, I think that the seed's – I mean, how does forget about LeBron? How does how does how do you walk down the hallway if you're Rob Polinka and it's just you and Brandon Ingram walking in different directions? What's that conversation like now? Like
0: they've. Hey, isn't that the funniest thing? One of those long hallways. I have one in the studio where we've got a long hallway, and you see the person like. 30 yards away, and you're like, you have and, uh, that 30, 45-second walk where they don't know if you should talk, you don't know if you should talk, you know, like... It, it, and then you get to, like, that 10-yard mark, and you give that little, like, what's up.
1: <laughs> but, but that's what they'll have to do every day. <laughs> with, like... Not, not just with one guy. they got to do it with, like, seven dudes now, <laughs> you know? But I think, listen, the Lakers can just somehow... And this is gonna be a lot of weaving from um from Luke Walton. If I was Luke Walton, I figure I'm out the door. I might go go a little behind closed doors to to Kuzma, to Ingram, you know, to the guys on the block. He's like, Hey, we're in the same boat. You know? They they want rid of me. They want rid of you. Let's just let's just play for each other, okay? Let's just play for each other right now. They've gotta figure out some way. I think Rondo and I wouldn't think I'd be saying this, but I think Rondo and Stevenson actually help a lot um, with their just kind of Stevenson, just because he's so like up for anything and doesn't really take any of this personal. (laughs) I think he's going to be some added like comic relief for them. And uh, if they can stay somewhat together, I can't see. um, I think that they'll still, they'll get that last five.
0: Somebody's got to fall though. I mean, I, the Kings are, the the Kings are good.
1: yeah, like, the Clippers are out, but I'm just... I, I, the Clippers are out, so if the spur, So you think the Kings get it no matter what?
0: Well, let's talk <laughs> Let's talk about the Kings. They made a big deal yesterday, um, got Harrison Barnes, or actually a couple of days ago, they got Harrison Barnes and basically got rid of Justin Jackson, who had been improving and, and sort of giving you that glimpse of a future rotation player, you know, maybe backup, maybe starter, you know, who knows what, what his arc would look like, and also Zach Randolph's contract. So really... They didn't give up much, and it, it was funny too because they, they the the first deal was Alec Burks, and they got rid of Iman Shumpert, who's been the heart and soul of the team. And even Bad. though, he's, ahead, yeah, answer. even though he's not a small forward, he's been playing small forward with them, and because he's tough and strong, and you know he's got a little bark to his game, it's worked. You know, for for them, especially with the league going small, you, you bring in Alec Burks and it was like nobody had ever watched Alec Burks play in Sacramento. I mean, everybody's takes were just so far all over the board, both directions. Um, and you're thinking, you know, you already got too many cooks in the kitchen as far as ball handlers go, why are you bringing Alec Burks into this mess? What ended up happening is they knew they were gonna get Barnes and they just kind of figured their small forward position was was full at that point And um, figured that if, if you could bolster the bench you know, at that rate that, that you do it with, you know, an, an even swap for those two players and the Rockets got a hell of a deal in that. Um, so they now have a lineup of Fox and Heald, and healed to me should have been an all-star. And I know why he wasn't, but he's had that good of a season Fox at the beginning of the year was projected to be a way better player than Heald, And Heald has actually outperformed him um, this season And then you've got Marvin Bagley, who has really skyrocketed in terms of his offensive production and his rebounding and showing upside of a guy who could really do some things that, you know, aside from the fact that he can't truly shoot, free throws are an issue. You know, he's not like a good shooter, but he can drill a 16 footer like it's nobody's business and his athleticism is off the charts. He's taking too many shots. He's taking bad shots. He's got the the franchise in his pocket right now, and it totally shows up on the court. Harry Giles is still an adventure. Everybody's overrating him, and it's you know fun to watch certain things that he's doing, um, but he can't really elevate. He can't protect the rim, and um, basically the uh, the Kings though with those two guys, and you know you throw in a little Bealizza. You um you know you bring in Barnes. These guys are good now. Um, but do you think that it's enough to get them over the hump in this playoff chase?
1: If the Spurs fall out, I don't think they're gonna I don't think I think the Lakers are gonna get if it's if it's only the Clippers that drop, I think it's gonna be the Lakers. That's just my I just think that I just I just am not gonna with the, the playoff spot there, I just – I mean, this is kind of what we've talked about all year. I just think that LeBron's going to just drag him in, you know, uh, regardless. And Barnes helps a lot, and everything that you're saying is absolutely correct. But the, the, the playoffs are starting early for both of these teams. experience
0: and is a huge factor here.
1: It's really – that's almost the only reason. I,
0: I can tell you right now, the Kings, but almost their, their problems reason. are that they don't know how to play – the game yet. Like they yeah. they don't find matchups that are good. They don't focus on getting and buddy healed. First of all, I'm really bummed out. I was hoping his odds in the three-point shooting contest would be better. He's the second behind Steph Curry. He's he's a plus 450 and so he's the second most likely to win according to the odds. His shot if he ever gets a look, I'm just shocked if it hits the rim. You know, it is that pure and he is just a, a motor, man. He doesn't stop. Like, he just doesn't give up on any play. And it's just been a pleasure to watch that guy play. Um,
1: but-, but it's kind of it's funny, though, because I remember us covering him in the draft. And what was funny was that I wasn't sure how he was going to be. But the one thing I was sure of was that he would improve every year because that's exactly what he did in college. Like his work ethic, like that's where I think the NBA misses the boat all the time is they are way behind in judging guys' character, like their championship character. Like if you looked at Buddy Hill's career in college, it was clear that this guy went back every summer and put in tons of work. And the fact that he didn't pan out in New Orleans, that dumpster fire. Who cares? You know, like you can't, that was not, so they, you know, they, they, I don't think the Kings pulled a fast one. I think they they are just, they're fortunate.
0: Oh, okay. Let's, let's get something right. Like they're doing some smart (laughs) things now but so much of what they've done has been like accidentally backing into good exactly. situations.
1: <laughs> exactly. Like exactly. they tried
0: to add Zach Levine to this team. Like they thought Jabari Parker could play small forward. I mean, the list goes on and on of things like they're just dodging bullets like Neo and the matrix right. on a lot of different levels. And they, <laughs> it's funny. Cause like, and I wrote a halfway point article. It was like, if they don't mess it up, you know, yeah. they've got upside out the the wazoo and um, I
1: feel upside, though. It's real, like like they they have got those two guys. They don't ever have to address the backcourt right now. No, like that's you're set. OK, boom. That's what th- this one is court.
0: what they're talking about doing. They're talking about paying Harrison Barnes long term now <laughs> that and I have been going easy on Kings fans on Twitter. Like, I don't want to just like completely you know ruin the day like what are we talking about here there's like he is just not that good you what does know? he
1: have an opt-out I thought they had him for another season does, he, he has he an
0: opt-out out? so he could negotiate a long-term deal you know it's I, I think the number's 24 million um for next season so he can opt out of that and yeah, I could I, I mean he was the apple of Vivek Ranadive's eye from Golden State you know this they've always had their eye on him and you wonder, you know, how much influence he has in that situation. And this I mean, I like the short term fit. I really do. I think that Harrison Barnes is a great locker room guy. I think he gives them a size profile they have never had it feels like in the last couple of years. So they have a legitimate three, three four that can defend that size of player and he he's gonna have to fit in. Like if he if he thinks he can play ISO ball, and that's the problem with Bagley right now. The the fast break, Bagley is running down and trying to pin his man. And that's usually a good idea, right, for teams that aren't just ultra fast. But they're not the best pin downs. They're not, like, the most strategic. You know, it's like every time I'm going in there and getting into the paint because I want to score. And somebody like Fox or Heald has the ball, and they're looking at it, and they're like, I got nowhere to operate. We got to slow down, and we got to reset. And then they're in their half court where they're not as good. So, and.
1: Uh, I- I don't mind that as, I mean, I've actually watched a couple. I don't, that's a good, I mean, like, I don't mind that. He's taking a lot
0: of bad shots. I would say
1: they they need to get better in the half court, which is another reason why I just Well, here's the
0: thing. He's really good. Like, don't get me wrong. I was down on Bagley. I think I had him number four coming into the draft, and when the early stuff looked really bad, I was definitely like, "Uh-oh, this doesn't look good for these guys." And I do think they should have taken Luka Doncic. I'm not, you know, still, you know, trying to say well, that.
1: Everybody, everyone, I mean, that's a yeah. <laughs> everyone that had a chance should have.
0: <laughs> and and and, but so, I will say this: like uh, Bagley has gotten stronger, and his like, athleticism like is really good. Like, I mean, he's done some amazing I like stuff.
1: I like Bagley a little more than you did. To me, he kind of profiled like a um, Antoine Jameson. Uh, that's that's what I saw. I'm, I'm
0: seeing almost like a. I wish I, it's not like Chris Bosch, but like kind of yeah, like I, he he is springy, and I think he's getting stronger. So like, and I'm his handles about, his handles are I'm they're talking, pretty good.
1: I'm talking about their game. I think that he's kind of a, a breath of fresh air, and, and with some of the stuff he does on the, with his hook shot and whatnot. Uh, well, his left I, is
0: unstoppable. And that, so yeah. like people talk about his right. And it's like almost to the point where it doesn't matter that he doesn't have a right. Cause he just gets to a spot and he's, he's there.
1: And the shooting doesn't bother me either. Just because I think that again, when you can do something really good, it doesn't, I mean, the, the shooting will come if he works on it. I don't, I don't he's, see he's that as a problem. He's been taking
0: threes in games where you're at that crucial possession and you need to get a good shot. And the team is giving him the three and he's shooting about 25% on the year from deep. But
1: that's, but that's, that's again, that's their, they've got to do that. It doesn't help that they don't, that they don't support their coach. So it's not, you know, <laughs> what's, what's he going to say? Hey, stop doing it. Thank like, you. That's
0: the, that's the elephant in the room in Sacramento that nobody knows about right now <laughs> is that that stuff is still very, it's a big deal. It's still not okay in that front office and in the coaching arrangement. Um, it's going to be very interesting. If the Kings make the playoffs and give whoever a run for their money. Cause you know, I think they do want another coach in there. I don't think they want Jaeger in there, and that's um, you know, if Bagley's not taking the right shots. And and last thing on this before we pivot out of this, when he gets the ball in isolation, it really changes the dynamic of of the Kings' offense. Which, if you're going to play run and gun, and then you're going to play in the transition break, and then you're going to try to get a first quick action probably pick and roll with De'Aaron Fox so you can take advantage of Buddy Heald on the weak side. You know, those types of principles, they really just start to fade away when you find Bagley flashing into the paint and, you know, moving to his preferred spots and you get him the ball and then things sort of stop as he sizes everything up. It's just a really interesting contrast because Bagley's very good. So you, you can see this, especially with Harrison Barnes now coming into the mix, an isolation player does this team move towards being a normal pace team is a question that i have and i wonder if that plays to their strengths or not or if it's actually smart to do that
1: um as far as what's moving slower or faster moving
0: at the middle of the league whatever the middle of the league is nowadays everybody's running a little bit faster than they used to um you know the king's pace has been a problem for the last 10 to 15 games and it's been the rookies it's been the Giles's. Yeah. It's been the Bagley's. They don't understand that pace is not about speed and running. It's about thinking the game faster than your opponent. And they haven't been able to do that.
1: I mean, I think it, it you know, like the, my, my, my thing is look, it would be really, really nice if they made the playoffs and it'd be really good. But the, the, to me, if you're the Kings, like we already said, the backcourt set looks like you got your four, man. I, I'm on the I'm on the belief that you 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 roll with them. Let them make their bumps early. I mean, look 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 at Denver who missed the playoffs last year by one game. Like to me, you let these guys roll. If they miss the playoffs by a game, they miss it by two. That's not a disaster. Everyone's going to be like, "Oh, oh my god, they blew this game, they blew that, they're doing this, they're doing that." But if 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 you're rolling with those three for the next 8 years whatever you're going to whatever this their run is, this is just a necessary step. So I, I will definitely agree with you. I don't think that Barnes is a long term thing. In the, in the short, I agree, it's very, very good. But I, I think that they're just gonna have to figure this out, <laughs> you know and, and, it's, and, and, and when they, if, it, if it ends up that they don't get a spot that you't can't, people can't go like, oh, they blew this thing. We're never going to be back. They're gonna be back. You've got three really, really good young players. They're going to be fine. The only thing that can happen is the Kings themselves as an organization can mess it up. Firing a good coach, you know, uh, signing, uh, giving, you know, Barnes up, you know, 180 million or whatever. You know, those are the things that can screw the train up. But as far as just, they can't, you can't look at it. the, The fans cannot look at making or missing the playoffs this year. As a as a disaster, uh, in my opinion,
0: I just and I hadn't didn't have a chance to say this on the four hour show, and I haven't had a chance to say it anywhere, so I gotta get off my chest. I can't believe the Kings or some other team didn't pluck Rashawn Holmes from Phoenix out of his eighteen minute per game role that probably Phoenix doesn't understand how good he is. He if you threw him on the Kings, I would be extremely optimistic about their just talent base. Um, and I, and I'm with you. I think if this the three team race for two slots. I don't know if I have the answer. Um, the Spurs have made a 20 year run of making people look bad who fade them. Uh, we got about five to 10 minutes tops here. If we were to go really long on this podcast, um, the Porter deal, um, yeah, any, any, um, any words there?
1: Porter Porter, uh,
0: Porter for Portis and uh, Jabari Parker.
1: Yeah. I've, you know, this is kind of a, just a, I don't know. I mean, what did did either team do to help themselves? I I
0: think the rationale I've heard that makes most sense is that Chicago can't get a free agent right now anyway, so you might as well get Otto Porter, you know, in the interim.
1: But that's, again, we're talking, like, unrealistic, like... It, they're just in trouble. I don't know. It is, is John Paxson still in charge over there?
0: Gar Pax. There was a um, Reinsdorf's son is is taking over the organization the last year and a half. I thought I saw an interesting tweet on that. Um,
1: Great. That. Oh, ne- more more nepotism, huh? More Good. nepotism. <laughs> um,
0: what, what about what about faults to Orlando? Does that do anything for you?
1: Um. Well, it got him out of Philly. Listen, we were ne- neither of us were were as high on him as the league were coming into the league. Uh, hopefully a fresh start. He's got a good coach down there. I, I don't know that this helps the magic very much. I think I, – I just don't know what people saw, you know, pre-draft. I just don't know what they saw. So if you think that you he can get back to that, I still think you're at a slightly above average player. So – I just don't understand. This, I
0: don't know. Uh, we'll close it on this and we we're going to talk to Mike Conley, but you know, he's staying in Memphis, good for him. I think he likes it there. Um but this idea that like Orlando needs a point guard really bad, Phoenix needs a point guard really bad. Like do you entrust your franchise to Markel Fultz and Tyler Johnson if you're those teams? I mean, like Fultz
1: is even a point guard. That's the ne- thing. neither
0: of them are. Neither of them
1: are. Like, like, what, what what are you That's I don't know. I just don't understand. Like think, Fultz is at his best, his best version of Markoff is not a point guard. Like <laughs>
0: what do you do? I I I don't know what it would have cost to get Mike Conley. You know, I don't know what it would have cost to to pluck a a low end like a Goran Dragić, you know, from yeah. the Heat who really want to get rid of Goran Dragić. Like the Heat right. only got rid of one player. I'm pretty sure they wanted to get rid of three players. And you you make an offer to get your your stabilizer in place in either location. And this is what you come up with. I'm, I'm shocked. You got anything else on your mind? Cause we got to get out of here.
1: Yeah, I'm good, man. That was a exciting trade deadline. Great show. Uh, I'm hoping that, uh, I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for you folks in Sacramento. I really am. I, I really, I think that, uh, the Spurs are one old man injury away from really, really going super South, whether it's, pow or gay or whatever i really they are teetering like it's nobody's business so uh we'll see we'll see if there's two spots to have the kings i think will get in if it's just one i'm gonna go with the lakers
0: interesting stuff as always and uh thank you to the sponsors hawaiian isle's kona coffee for the great coffee i know cause is drinking it right now i am and we're uh, we're still cooking over here changed uh, my life it really, you know what? Honestly, it has my weekends have just been phenomenal because I've been French pressing the the good stuff that they've been sending, and it's just this whole other coffee experience. It's great. Just go pick it up and use the code the code hoop ball. If I could talk hoop ball, and get fifteen percent wow. off your single cup servings. Do it. It's fifteen percent off for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. I'm getting good at these reads, cause follow us online at www dot. No, nope, there I go. I screwed myself up dot hoop com. find all of our shows find all of our other stuff our trade deadline coverage our fantasy stuff again thank you to everybody that was on the platform 10,000 people a lot of people listening to us um, that's just a you know we're very honored to have that and uh, follow us online on Twitter twitter.com slash koz you show facebook.com slash koz show the
1: other ones in the books peace peace solid